recording there. All it says is, oh, oh, wait, is wait. it working? Yep. Yeah. There we go. Working. I see, I see yeah. pictures now. Me sitting down, drinking my coffee, fighting a sinus infection. It's awesome. All right. So we're, we're live now, right? Mr. Uh, Unfortunately, Tech yes, Man. we are. All right. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Southern Missouri Patriots. Glad to Yo. have you here tonight. Got Captain Jack, Lieutenant Dan, and Sergeant Bill Coe here in our uh, wonderful sound studio. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, everybody needs everybody everybody needs a Harley in the sound studio. Um, we need to have three Harleys in the sound studio. Just get yeah, that out there. No, sh no shit. Yeah, that would be awesome. God, wouldn't it be? Uh, all right. So, um, so let's we're going to talk about a serious topic tonight. But before we get into all that, I don't care what your political beliefs are. I really don't care if you're following us. You probably lean right quite a bit. So let's just say not guilty on all charges. There it is. Yes, not guilty. That's how I feel about that. He shouldn't have even been brought to trial. St. Kyle Rittenhouse, not guilty, all charges. Hallelujah. Watching everybody lose their ever-living minds over it, still pushing the false narratives. Oh, yeah. Still oh, yeah. saying, oh, this is what happens when white supremacy. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? And and the white privilege. And there's a lot I, of there's a lot of people stepping up, though. They're like, hey, you know, I, I would even give them money to uh, – to start suing some of these. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. So, so apparently, um, in in anticipation of this verdict, his uh, his legal staff, um, from what I read a little snippet of today and heard about, was that they have already been in negotiations with legal teams from a lot of the media outlets and have already reached <laughs> settlement oh, agreements yeah. Oh, yeah, behind the scenes that I they're guarantee. just not talking about. Yeah, that's well, that would probably be part of the uh, settlement. The uh, News organizations are like, uh, okay, well, gag order. As yeah, part of yeah, non-disclosure. Right, yeah, can't tell us or can't tell them you settled or we settled. You can't say anything about it, and then they get to turn around and say, well, that's fine. We'll accept those terms and conditions, but y'all have to sink food. Yeah. At this point, he really doesn't have a choice because where's he going to go get a job? Where's right. Go his his school? life. I mean, his for the life next is gone. His next like basically ten years, unless he changes his name and. Yeah. Can yeah, but his yeah, I was gonna say his knowing. face though is so recognizable. So and then you got the it, it falls right in line with uh Nick Sandman who just yes. like I'm going after you guys. Yeah, and, and Nick Sandman got two hundred fifty million dollars. That, that was what the that settlement was, was for, but we don't really know. Or that was the original uh, amount that they were suing. That for. was from one outlet. Yeah, that was from CNN, who now has to sit there and keep their mouth shut every time he pops right. up, like when he was at the uh, uh what was it, the RNC. I believe it was, yeah. Yeah, uh, he was one of the guest speakers, and uh, good old Mr. Brian Skelter started opening his mouth, and the rest of the panel was like, uh, yeah, about that. that. Yeah. Hold back. <laughs> so the funny thing, uh, so Nick Sandman, um, in the last day or two, has actually reached out to Kyle Rittenhouse. Good. And uh, said, hey, you know, I, I kind of know what you're going through with the media side of things uh let's talk yeah <laughs> you know those lawyers those two uh legal teams are right there sitting yeah. at the table so, drinking every beer. every media yeah. outlet in the in the country just puckered up you know like times 10 <laughs> but uh one of the things i want to point out is they spent four days in deliberations 
requesting a bunch of ex, uh, re-requesting a bunch of information that was already handed out to them. And you almost have to wonder, why did they wait so long? Four days of deliberation. It was very obvious that the, the prosecution was their own worst enemy. Oh, my God, yes. Which made me think that those guys uh, were trying to go for a mistrial. Yeah. R- really, they were trying to go for a mistrial. And the judge was like, eh, no, I know this game. Guess what? We're not going to declare one. Yep. And then now that the, he's been uh, cleared of all charges, it means they can't charge him again. Right. Some of the charges weren't even accurate. The uh, weapons charge, what was thrown yeah. out just a few days ago. And so now you've got to sit here and wonder, okay, what, what's what's going to happen next? You know, do you send him back out into the wild and let him take care of the riots right. <laughs> in Kenosha right now? <laughs> but it's it's I find it strange that they they because what was it they did their closing arguments on Monday, Tuesday, both sides, and then the the jury has been deliberating for the past four days. Yeah, I'm I'm finding that a little bit strange. So well, either they didn't want to really give a verdict, or they wanted to give the the city essentially time to prepare itself. And that's I, I'm kind of leaning towards that that they they probably were asked or, or was decided they would delay the announcement. Uh, now originally there's apparently two jurors that were worried about repercussions and blowback if their names and identities were released. So the, the judge had reason for it. Look at MSNBC. Right. Right. So the judge actually uh, talked to two of the alternate jurors yeah. uh, about that situation. And, uh, and I don't know if they actually replaced him or not. I didn't catch the, the ending of that, uh, that whole episode, but uh, you know, the, their governor uh, had ordered 500 national guard troops into the area. And I'm sure they were, you know, like trying to prepare. So an extra day or two to mobilize emergency forces, you know, get supplies yeah. in things, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, I, I, I'm sure that probably happened behind the scenes and and that's why. Did you see the chick after the, when they, when they read the, read the, uh, yeah. Verdict. The verdict. Verdict and everything. No, I was watching, I was watching Kyle. There was a chick outside and she starts going into a big old hissy and whatever. Oh, Oh, yeah. And she pulls her mask up and then goes into a full seizure. Oh, jeez. Flopping around like a Uh. fish. It's like. Yeah, okay, this ain't planned. Let me put my mask on so I can have a season. Yeah, she she was looking for her 15 minutes of fame is all it was. Yeah. I don't even yeah. think she got 15 minutes. I think pretty much everybody's like, oh, over this. Yeah, I, I was watching the uh, the live feed with, with Kyle um, and his reaction, and, and I was I was cheering. You know? Thrilled I, for the I kid. mean, absolutely thrilled beyond measure. Um, I, I, I think I, – I truly do believe that our – American justice system, the way it was originally intended by our founding fathers, actually was allowed to play out the today. right way. And the we're right. We way. had the best judge for it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. He, One he who didn't, didn't want to play the games, and, right? Um, and he would call either side, but mainly, I mean, he jumped down the prosecutor's throat a bunch of times because the prosecutor was breaking all kinds of constitutional law, and the judge would not let him get by with it. So I nah. think that was great, um, and I'm sure, and, and we we'll already know the judge has already been getting emails and phone calls and all kinds of threats and all that kind of crap, but he doesn't care. He's going to stand by, you know, the, the law is black and white. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, it it's really got is. gray areas because that's what he's there for is to, to smooth those areas out. He's, he's True. keeping yeah. it as much black and white as he legally could. Right. He, has to he didn't sway. Precedence. He didn't sway one way or the other. He didn't allow 
I, I don't believe, from what I've seen, I don't believe he allowed his personal beliefs to intervene in his his presiding over this trial. Correct. Yeah. I'm, so props to the judge, props to everybody except the prosecutor who destroyed his own case. Right, right. He didn't have one to begin with, but yeah. still. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was fun watching him destroy his own makeup, made-up case. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of the scene at that movie, uh, was it Jim Carrey, Liar, Liar, where he's in the okay. bathroom, and he's hitting himself, and somebody's what are you doing? He goes, I'm kicking, kicking my, my own ass. ass. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the prosecutor kicked his own ass, and, uh, you know, more power to him. <laughs> but, yeah, you could see that though, a bunch of the prosecutor's witnesses were just absolutely coached, and then when yeah. they were presented with the evidence... Uh, by the defense team, they were like, uh, well, yeah, it did go down like that. Yeah. yeah. I liked it, especially when he said, so is your lawsuit against the city predicated on the outcome of this, this verdict? That is correct. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that my CCW license had lapped at the time. Uh, dude, you're a felon. You're not even supposed to have a right. firearm. Exactly. Much less a CCW. It laughs because your ass did time. Yep. That and he yep. drove 40 miles to get there. Hey, hey, that's inaccurate. 15. That is 51 miles he oh. drove. Remember, the <laughs> media is going to enough. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not for the this media nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Props to you, sir. I know I'm just drinking coffee, but, uh, you know, here's to you all the same. Enjoy that settlement that you're going to get because, dadgummit, you're going to have to live off of it for the rest of your life. No shit. So. Invest wisely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, let, let's move on to a more serious topic tonight. All right. Yeah. Um, so uh, if anybody has read the kind of the, the comments uh, when Lieutenant Dan <laughs> put out a, a request for suggestions, um, there was some stuff developing. Uh, behind the scenes uh, for somebody that I knew or know, knew personally um, that I served with. And uh, so we're going to touch on a, on a very, very sensitive topic tonight. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And we need to every so often. This is not about bushcraft. It's not about survival. It's not about prepping. Um, it's kind of about survival. I, well, in, in a sense, right. Yeah. But not, the, not what you would normally think of, of the, you know, storing up food things like that it's it's um let's, let's talk about mental health and let's talk mm -hmm. about suicide um and and, and particularly i'm going to touch well, on i mean if we veterans do get to a shit to hit the fan scenario i mean yeah. that's gonna that is a lot of those huge, same things huge. that are in these yeah. guys' heads now it, is going to be in everybody's heads. More right. people's heads right yeah. um the, the number of suicides since this covid scandemic started has skyrocketed it's skyrocketed especially yeah. among uh young teenagers yeah yeah, it's especially just, among it's just young teenagers, it freaking floors me. Um, it, it breaks my heart. Um, so I, I I'm going to start with we're going to talk about veteran suicide at first. All right. So, uh, for the last few years in the United States, we have averaged 22 veteran suicides per day. Actually, I did look that up. That is uh, actually an old record uh, from a much wider uh, time frame. Uh, I went and looked at the numbers since uh, September 11th of 2021. We've lost just over 30,000 veterans, which comes to approximately 17 a day. Well, at least it's going but down. It's going in the right direction. And it has gone down. It's, it's dropped yeah. uh, 7% uh, you know, from, compared from 2000, 
2018 to 2019. I, I know for but a while it's, it's it still was ridiculous. It's still high. ridiculous. You know, I, I, I remember when it was like 12 a day, then it went to 15, 18, 19, and yeah. then 20, it was at 21 a day for a long time, then it went to 22. Um, and, and at one point, they were saying that the average was just right at 23 a day. Yeah, I believe um, that. I, I genuinely do. So, um, you know, it's coming down, but I mean, it, it's, it's it's not coming down enough. It's not coming down enough. And, you know, I mean, we have we had a 20 year war in Afghanistan. Yep. Um, you know, uh, what we ended up being in Iraq, 16 years. Yeah, somewhere um, around that neighborhood. So, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's a lot of veterans. That, yeah, it really is. And that's um, that's a, a lot of veterans for our very limited VA resources. Right. That, uh, to be perfectly blunt, aren't doing a good job to begin with. No, they're not. They're not. Uh-huh. Um, I, I can tell you this. Uh, so I, I participate in the VA system. Okay. And I have a counselor through the VA in this town just north of us here. And I have not been able to speak to her for, I believe, in April, next April, which is what, five months away? We're up there. Uh, so, yeah. so just over a year and a half since I've been able to talk to her. In fact, I actually called the other day again and asked if she even still worked there. And, yeah. I, and I literally, for the last year, I've been asking uh, my nurse, my primary care, uh, I, I, so does this you know, lady so-and-so, does she even still work here? Well, yeah, she's supposed to call you at least once every 30 days. Man, I ain't heard from her. It, it has literally been over a year and a half now since I've heard from her. Yeah. I cannot get in touch with her. Yeah. So and I, I'm just one out of thousands. Yeah. No, I can tell you when I went to the VA for treatment as well uh, for that same, roughly around that same thing, is I was supposed to meet with my counselor once a month at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember one day she just flat ripped my head off. I'm like, okay, if this is the kind of quality uh, or this is the kind of, well, yeah, quality that I'm going to be getting from you. I'll, I'll figure it out on my own. Right. I mean, I'll I'll deal with it versus just getting my head ripped off when I'm trying to ask a simple question from you. Yeah. Because I can't. Um, when I do see you, you're off doing other things. You're and this was 20 years ago. I mean, I was definitely 20 years ago not getting quality service. Well, there's been a hell of a lot of veterans go in and out since that time. Yeah. Well, and you think you know like. The VA is still seeing um, Vietnam veterans. There's yeah. still a handful of Korean veterans around and, and just an even smaller handful of, of World War II veterans. God bless them. Um, you know, the, the, the Vietnam veterans are still there. Um, they're still trying to get in and deal with mm-hmm. the things that they had to deal with. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and there's a gentleman that, that I talk to several times a week. And uh, I believe it was... 69, 68, 69 when he got home from Vietnam. And uh, so right at around 1970, he went to the VA in Kansas City. And he said he got treated so badly. He left the VA. As he walked out of the door, he lit a cigarette and said, I'll never fucking step foot in there again. They're not going to treat me that way. And he no. has not been back to the VA since. Mm. All right. The man has two Purple Hearts. He was wounded two times in Vietnam. Yeah. All right. Um, he, he served his country with honor. He did his job. He did his duty to only get treated like shit when he came home. So, you know, and again, he's one of tens of thousands. If not more. If, you know, um, 
it, it, it's a it, it's a tragedy, you know. So if the, we spend the VA is a failed system, I, yeah, and it, it really is. is. Well, because it's run by the government, right? I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it's run by the government. You know, one of the and I will say this: one of the correct things that they've been doing is is they came out and it's called mm. the, the community care system. Okay, mm-hmm. so like um, anybody that follows us knows that you know a couple of weeks back I was trying to deal with this hernia situation and everything. So the VA actually referred me through the community care to a, uh, an outside civilian doctor. Uh, and they're, they're doing that more and more because they are, they are in all fairness, they are realizing that they're overwhelmed. They can't keep up with the backlog and, and the quality of care and, and so forth. So th- there are resources there. If any of you that are listening or watching are, are veterans, first and foremost, God bless you. Thank you, and, and 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 you know I I'm honored to, to be counted among your ranks and, and and call you a brother or a sister, um, you know. But don't give up. Hang in there. If you're not getting the results and the response that you need through the VA, ask them to refer you through the community care. Yeah. Okay, and go to an outside source. They'll they'll still pay for it if it's approved like that. Okay. Um, I, cause I ended up in the emergency room twice and then I went to this general surgeon and it's all 100% covered through the VA because there's a number that you have to call. If you go to the emergency room within 72 hours, you have to call this number and then they'll type in why it is, you know, why you're there. And then they'll do the follow-up stuff. And then you usually have to get a hold of your primary care team to get the follow-up referral through the community care for a specialty doctor like that. Um, that, you know, there's, there's a process to go through and it's a pain in the ass. I'm not going to lie. I, it is, but it isn't. I mean, it, it, it's going to take a little bit of your time of making phone calls and maybe having to wait on a return call. All right, but keep following up on that, and you can get out of the VA system, and they will still cover you. Yeah, and that's, right? that's been a great program uh, since they started. It's still a little, as you're pointing out, mired in some red tape. Right, right. Uh, but also, in it, in a line with that, is I want to tell everybody that is that that are around the veterans that are having these kinds of issues. Keep in mind, mental illness is an illness. You don't get angry at someone because they have cancer. You don't get angry at them because of brain tumors, leukemia, all of these things. Don't get angry at them for their mental health. It is the same thing. All you're doing is heaping condemnation or anger or anything else on top of them. Right. Treat it as an illness. Show them sympathy, even if they're being raw assholes. Yeah. Because that is what's going on. Is they, we, I've had my bouts of it. I've had, I've walked through that darkness. I know how deep that crap goes. And I'm going to leave it right there. Uh, It is not enough for you to turn around and say, I know you're going through a hard time. Just reach out to me when, when you're feeling bad. No, 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 no. From a person who's been there, done that, they're not going to reach out to you. They're, they're, they're not. not. It is up to you to reach out to them and say, hey, I was just literally thinking about you, wanted to check in on you, tell me what's going on. Talk to me. And, you know, and the thing is, you don't have to pry very deep. Just let yeah. somebody know they're thinking. You know, and sometimes it's just being there to let somebody vent. Yeah, you know they're not necessarily looking to you to fix anything, but sometimes nope. they just got to unload some shit, you know. Um, I, and, and like depression and PTSD and and all these whatever name you want to throw, they're all different. different they manifest illnesses, different, but they manifest differently. You know, um, some people 
they become extreme introverts. I know I went through that. Um, I literally, other than get to go to the VA to a counselor and to step outside to smoke uh, at my house, I did not leave home for four and a half months. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I, the thought of, we were invited, um, I, I quit going to church and everything. So my wife and I were invited by uh, two couples that we went to church with to go out to dinner one afternoon. And my wife had went to church that morning. I stayed home. I, I, I could not go without just completely breaking down. And uh, so she gets home and she's like, hey, you know, have you had a good day? Has it been, you know, right? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Of course, I hadn't left the house. Other than I literally stepped two foot outside the back door and smoked a couple of cigarettes. And uh, she goes, well, these couples, they, they want to go out to dinner this afternoon. You know, do you feel up to going? And I said, I, I, I might. I don't, I don't know yet. So she goes, okay, well, so she was going to change out of her, you know, her dress clothes and whatnot. So she went to the bedroom, changed clothes, and it hit me like a ton of bricks that I was going to have to go out into public. Yeah. And I, I, God's honest truth, I was shaking from head to toe, and I had tears running down my cheeks, and I could barely speak. And my wife come out of the bedroom, and she looked at me, and, and I said, please don't make me go. Please don't make me go. Please. I, I was begging her. And, and she's like, I... It's okay. You don't have to. You don't have to. Mm -hmm. And 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 once I knew I didn't have to leave the house, I was able to start calming down. All right. So and that's just one of the the ways that that things manifest. You know. I mean, it, it may be somebody that they just may not take as much joy in some things. They may feel a little disconnect from their family or from their previously close friends. There's there's thousands of ways that this can manifest. All right. You can't always spot it. Nope. All right, um, but I, I'm going to tell you, I've personally known now, in just under a year, two veterans that have committed suicide, and uh, they've both left wives and children behind. All right, um, and I know those that have survived have said, I, I, I missed it, I failed them, I did this, I didn't do this. You know what? you're not always going to see those symptoms because they manifest so differently. Yeah. All right. There's not always going to be a note. There's not always going to be the goodbye. Uh, from just a, a purely psychological standpoint, it is, it is a snap decision that crosses your mind that hangs in there. And unless someone reaches out to you, it is not something you can easily walk back from if you're by yourself. That That's, that's true. Um, you know, and, and, and here's the thing. A lot of people that commit suicide, um, and, and I'm going to speak again to the veteran side of things, they don't necessarily want to die. No. But they have so much going through their head. They have so many nightmares, flashbacks, thoughts, whatever you want to call it, you know, whatever they're doing, it, it never stops. Nope. So they reach a point where they don't sleep because if they sleep, they dream. Yeah. You know, so if you dream, you wake up with the cold sweats, the shaking, the screaming, whatever the case may be, you know. Um, so you you become sleep deprived, which is dangerous in and of itself without all the other effects going on, right? So most people that have seriously contemplated suicide, they most of them will tell you they didn't want to die. They just wanted a break stop. Yeah. They just wanted it to just stop. Needed it to stop. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. um, nagging at them isn't going to fix it. 
Nope. You know, oh, well, you never go out anymore. You never do this anymore. You know what? Back up. Back up. Because you may be pushing them closer to that edge. Yeah. All right. Uh, you can be there for somebody. And, and again, sometimes all it takes is just somebody's presence. Yeah. To be there. You don't even have to say anything. Sometimes no. it is just enough. Yeah. Some people just feel all alone, even when they got people around them. They, they do. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You're like right. They're the only ones, and they, they got to deal with it all by themselves. And you know, and, 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 and it I, just eats at you enough that eventually you just can't take it anymore. And yeah. That's mm-hmm. the end of it. Yeah. So from the other side of that, uh, here's some things you can do. Of course, we've talked about you know, reaching out. Don't wait for them to reach out to you. Don't be that naive, to be honest. Right. The second thing you can do is there are thousands, maybe hundreds of veteran outreach programs that you can actually donate to. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the ones in particular, man, I wish I could remember the name of it. I donated to it a few years ago is uh, I know I have a couple of boom boom sticks that uh, with removable side grips mm-hmm. and there's a company out there that will uh, make customized ones. So the veteran will reach out, say, Hey, I'm going through a hard time. Uh, here's an image of something to help me hang on. And they will take that image and grave it into these custom made grips and send it back. Wow. And several veterans have said this, you know, when I'm sitting here with that particular uh, method of, of self forever sleep in my hand and I'm looking down at that grip and I'm seeing what's making me hold on, uh, they've, they've stopped. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I, I'll just lay out some brutal honesty here. There, there was a point in time that, that I, I was really close to ending my own life. Um, and again, it wasn't because I wanted to die. It's just, I had so much shit going through my mind. I just needed a break. I just wanted to stop and I didn't care how it happened. Yeah. Agreed. You know? Um, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to draw attention to myself and, and say, but I'm just telling you, we're trying to paint a there, picture. There's hope. Yeah, there is. Okay. There, there is hope. You can be on, on the precipice of that cliff. You can be there. I literally had notes written to my wife. My my father-in-law, my children, and at the time I only had one grandchild, and I had a note written to him, and I had written a note for the police when they found my body, and it stuck it in my wallet, and I had a hollow point in my forty cal, and me and that hollow point were literally minutes away from getting my pickup and leaving the house because I wasn't going to do it at my home. Right. And thank God, my wife got off work early that day unexpectedly mm-hmm. and i my gun was laying there loaded one in the chamber the notes were hidden in the bedroom and i had the the note in my wallet for the police basically to tell her where to find those right and she walked through the door that's why i'm here today and it's it's little things like that that's why i say when Everybody, everybody's a little bit different and it's just finding that trigger to pull them back off that edge. Yeah, you know? right. It really is. You know, um, <clears throat> like literally she came in and she could just, as soon as she looked at me, she knew something was up and, and, and she said, are you okay? And I said, no. And I broke down. Yeah. And I, and, and I, and I, I, I cried. I, I, I bawled my eyes out and I told her, I said, here's what I'm doing. Here's, here's what's going through my mind. And I, I mean, I got diarrhea of the mouth. For probably thirty minutes, I mean it. It didn't stop, right. and yeah. And I went to the next day to my therapist, and I said, "Here's how close I was." 
and you know we we did some things we i, I started meeting more often uh, you know and and there's I, I was never a big believer in therapy um and, and until i didn't have any other choice yeah all right and, and it does make a difference um uh, you know I, I have switched therapists because i didn't like certain ones and they just pissed me off so i switched so it's okay if whether you're dealing with the civilian side of things or you're dealing with the va system you know, don't be afraid to say, mm, you're not working for me, doc. I'm right. going to go see somebody else. But please, please go see somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. And and the great thing about those people, for the most part, they are professionals. And they're going to sit there and say, no, I understand. Yeah. Let me refer you to such and such. Maybe you'll have, maybe they will be able to connect with you. Yeah. You know, some people's personalities just don't click. It happens. So uh, anyway, yeah, um, I don't get along with everybody. I mean, I try. But, I, you know, I sure as hell. Some I, people, I, I, some I, yeah. people just rub you the wrong way. I, some people do. can look at you. And just, yeah, I, I you hate, know, I hate that some bitch. I know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you just want to go over and crack them across the teeth with a freaking tire iron, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've done that. <laughs> you know, and, and that's okay to feel that way. It's not necessarily okay to act that's on that right. unless yeah. there's you know no witnesses around and whatnot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and my story is actually uh, pretty similar. I remember when it got to a point, and it wasn't because of military service. I'd been out of the military uh, at that point, you know, 13 years uh, when it came my time. And I can tell you that just the the constant barrage, the the darkness, the uncertainty, and you just the the hurt, the pain, the darkness, the only getting four hours of sleep at most because after that four hours, you wake up and you have to change the sheets, you have to go take a shower. And then you're wide awake again, and you still feel like crap. When it when it came my turn, there was nobody around. There was nobody. I was by myself, and uh, I was sitting there on the floor. I had my hollow point. And we were going to get the job done, just to have it stop. And uh, it, it was by the grace of God, and I I do not say that lightly. It was by the grace of God I stopped put my weapon down and I walked outside and walked along the lake for, I don't remember how long I was out there. I was out there for a while walking along the, the levee of the lake. And, uh, I got back in and just going outside, breathing fresh air, just not being there inside that little bitty apartment with nothing but my own thoughts that were just unyielding. Yeah. Uh, that was the only thing that that stopped me. And it can be something just that small and that minuscule to make the difference, just to break that routine, the monotony, the you know, the environment. You yeah. know, um, and you know, we 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 have uh, the numbers. We, we need, let's go ahead and pull up the veteran suicide hotline numbers. Let's yeah, put it out there. Let's do that. All right. Quick. So any of, any of y'all that are listening, um, you can text this number. You can call this number. Um, I, I know there was there was a couple times, like I literally sat in my garage and, and text for an hour and a half, two hours, back and forth with an individual on on this line. Okay, they, they're there 24-7, 365. Yeah, props to them for being there. Absolutely, absolutely. So the, um, the helpline here is 1-800-273-8255. So one eight hundred, and we'll we'll put this in the uh, in the podcast feed once we we yeah. get this up, both on uh, Spotify and here in our Southern Missouri Patriots uh, Facebook page. So it's one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five, or text 
uh, 838-255 or visit uh, veteranscrisisline.net slash get help slash chat. Yeah, um, I, I did the texting um, a couple times and like I said, it was an instant response, instant reply. And, you know, sometimes it's easier to just open up to a complete stranger. Yeah, someone who outside the situation. Outside of the situation and... You know, the great thing about that is you don't even have to give them your name if you don't want. You know, I mean, I, I text them and, and again, went back and forth for an hour and a half, probably close to two hours, somewhere along in there. And, and it was okay. And I felt better, you know? So sometimes again, all you got to do is just break that environment, break that mindset, get something different happening. Yeah. Okay. That's the biggest thing. Get something different happening to change the your course of thoughts. Okay. Um, I, we are not mental health professionals. And you definitely don't want to have the alcohol. No, alcohol and drugs. Alcohol and drugs. That is just going to make it even worse. It will. Absolutely. It will. Um, I, you know, um, I was told this a long time ago and, and, and it, it's so true. Suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. It, yeah. Yep. You know, um, it, it, and it truly is. No matter what it is, no, you may think, "God, this is never going to end." I'm going to, you know what? It, it, it'll take some. Sometimes it takes a long time, it does. but it will end. It is still temporary, and all you do, you don't, your your pain might end. Your families it, won't. All, but you're you're yeah. not ending the pain. You're just you're, you're passing it to passing, somebody else. Yeah. That's yeah. all you do is you pass it to somebody else because then you're passing along uh, guilt because then they're going to be saying, and I'm, I'm not trying to guilt trip I anyone. I didn't do not. this. I didn't do that. Right. I should right, have right. went and seen them more. Should've, should've, I right. Uh, yeah. So I'm still not detracting from anyone who's considering this. Uh, I'm not trying to heap guilt and condemnation onto you. Just keep in mind that uh, there are people out there that are willing to help. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes, uh, if you just don't have anyone to reach out to, reach out to the stranger. Yeah. It, it now, is. We're, we're willing to help. I mean, you know, just personal messages on Facebook and we'll, we'll get a hold of you. Right away. Yeah. 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 Just, just hit messenger. We'll sit there. You don't have to, I, I mean, if you want to call, you know, I would, but just reach out. It's okay. You know, but I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm, I have to throw this disclaimer out there. We're, we're not mental health professionals, but we all have, a wide variety of life experience. Right. Sometimes okay. you just need somebody to vent to. Like yeah. You, you know, yeah. Um, I, you know, and, 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 and sometimes you don't even need to look for somebody to fix anything. You just need to unload some shit out of your mind. And that applies to the, to the people on the other side of the fence there. I'd tell you, and we had this conversation before we started, we're not looking for anyone to fix anything. Just listen. Yeah. Just flat. Listen. Just, just let me unload, and and we'll call it good, you know. But sometimes just saying things out loud makes you feel better. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Because it gets it out of your head. All right, you you'll get lost inside your head if you're not careful. Quickly, you know? easily. So so uh, please, please, please reach out if if you if you both parties yeah. reach out. You know, I mean, if you're struggling. There's resources out there. There are people that care. There, there's always a solution, even if you can't see it right yeah. now. There is a solution. All right. There, there is an end in sight, and it doesn't have to be a permanent end 
like suicide. All right. No, don't do that, please. Uh, again, can we let's read those numbers out again? Uh, I think I've still got them. If I unlock my phone here. Do we have one for people that aren't veterans? We probably ought to. Might, yeah, might we'll, throw that on there as well. Yeah, let's pull that up there as well. All right. Give me just a minute. So I'll give you back the the veterans number while someone else pulls the other right, hotline. I'm pulling up the other. So it's one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Our text eight three eight two five five. By all means, reach out. That's what these people are here for. If you're by yourself, if you are not by yourself, just give up a warning flag. If you can, keep in mind the, the battlefield of the mind. You know, particularly for veterans, we've been through the battles. Battlefield of the mind is the hardest one to fight by yourself. You did not go out there and fight the battles that you fought by yourself. You had your buddies with you. Yeah. Battlefield of the mind is the exact same thing. You didn't win the physical battle by yourself. You are not going to win the mental battle by yourself. Don't think that you can. Pushing it aside, uh, as Lieutenant Dan said, hiding in drugs and alcohol is not going to get it done. All it does is uh, push you farther down the rabbit hole. Yeah, pushes it. it. That's exactly what it does. All right, so I'm I'm on the uh, National Suicide Prevention website here, and it's actually the same phone number. Um, oh, they, awesome. they, they've joined yeah. up with them, um, and one eight hundred suicide now actually routes directly to this same place. Okay, good. Um, so yeah, again. Um, there, there, there's options out there. You can text, you can call, you can instant message if you're on the computer, um, and and you can remain anonymous if you want, and, and it gives you a chance to just unload. You know, Lieutenant Dan and I were just talking about the rabbit hole. One of the things uh, I, I bought a book one time, and I wish I'd remembered this book uh, and brought it with me. And basically, the how the the book started out was the guy was telling me that. When it hit the fan, when he lost his wife, uh, you know, he, he's, from his point of view, uh, figuratively, he saw the sun going down. So he said what he did is, figuratively, he got in his car and drove and tried to stay in the sun as long as he possibly could, but the sun, the, the, the sun was setting faster than he could get to it. Mm -hmm. And he said when the fun, sun finally went down, he's sitting there still trying to chase the, the sunset and realized that, I'm going the wrong direction, uh, figuratively speaking. And he turned around and ran into the darkness because he knew the light was going to get there faster. That's a great analogy. I think I that is like an that. absolutely fantastic analogy of, of sometimes you've got to turn around and face it. And the faster you face it, uh, and you'll still need a support team, don't get me wrong the faster you get to the light. It's just like any other fear you have. I mean, if you if you don't face your fear, you're never going to get through it. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, um, but, but you don't have to face it alone. No. You know? And you don't have to face everything all at once. You can you no. can take it in steps. Yeah I, yeah. I would encourage you to take it in steps. Sometimes Absolutely. it is just too big. Yeah. Yeah. And you will lose that battlefield of the mind. Start small and work your way up. Yeah. You know, but but the important thing is you have to be here in order to take those steps. And you yeah. have you have to start somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, old, again, I'm gonna throw this number out here again. It's one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Okay. Um, you can call them twenty four seven three sixty five, and and they will be there. Yeah. 
And always remember that old proverb, you know, the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. Absolutely. I mean, all you have to do is take that first step and then the, the next one's not as bad. And then they eventually start adding up. But take the first step. Somebody, somebody take the first step, whether you're the veteran considering it or you're the, the connected to the veteran and you're saying, hey, something's just not quite right. Take that first step and that first step is reaching out yep absolutely so um all right i think i think we've pretty well uh covered that is there anything else we want to throw out there nah i, I think we're pretty good all right so uh we, we appreciate y'all tuning in and uh you know uh christy bishop she actually reached out um yeah. and made some suggestions on our facebook page um and and christy i want you to know we're gonna we're going to uh cover those topics next week yep. um, but this is something that we felt like we needed to uh, talk about tonight. And uh, so I appreciate your patience. Thanks, Christy. And, and uh, we will cover your, your topics. So they were great suggestions, and we thank you for that. Yep. Speaking of Will, he was on there, too. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah. And yeah. Eric, well, I think we covered him. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, we, we thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate every one of you. And uh, and if you need help, one 800 Two seven three eight two five five. Don't be afraid to reach out. Nope. Till next time, you got Captain Jack, Lieutenant Dan, Sergeant Bilko. We're out.